think I was conveniently naive about the way that people hurt deeply when they go through the loss of someone they love. But that all changed uh, when I gave birth to my daughter, Hope. When Hope was born, it was immediately obvious she had club feet. And the OBGYN, when he delivered her, said, well, don't worry about that. We can put casts on her feet. But that night when my pediatrician came in, he had made a list of what he called a number of little things that weren't quite right with Hope. Uh, She had a real large soft spot and a flat chin and extra skin on her neck and a little dot on her ear. She was very lethargic. She didn't move much when holding her temperature. And he explained that a lot of times a lot of these little things add up to something more significant. And so he wanted to have a geneticist from Vanderbilt Hospital come over and examine her. So that next day, that geneticist came, and he came to our hospital room that night. And he told us that he suspected Hope had a rare metabolic disorder called Zellweger syndrome. And we had never heard of that. He probably haven't either. It meant that Hope was missing a tiny subcellular enzyme that you and I have in every cell of our bodies called peroxisomes. And those peroxisomes are kind of like the cell's trash man. They rid our cells of long-chain fatty acids. And he told us that because Hope was missing these peroxisomes, that basically there was nobody to take out the trash. And because of that, these long-chain fatty acids would build up in all of our systems and become toxic. And he told us that, in fact, a lot of damage had already been done to all of her major organs, especially her liver and her kidneys and her brain. And he told us that there was no treatment and no cure, and that most children with this syndrome live less than six months. And he handed us a couple of pieces of paper Xeroxed out of a medical textbook that told us everything that was likely wrong in Hope's body and everything that would go wrong and what would bring about her death. And honestly, I couldn't look at that piece of paper for about five days. It was just too much reality for me to take in. But in a sense, that day, that night, everything about my life changed. And that's when I began to learn grief, really at the very beginning of her life. I remember a week later taking Hope home. You know, Hope couldn't see or hear, and she couldn't suck or swallow. And so we stayed there for a while learning how to feed her with a tube. And we... We took her home, and the reality was I knew that we weren't taking her home to grow old with us, but that we were taking her home to die. You know, we always know everybody's going to die, and yet this was so much more immediate. And the reality began to set in on me that very soon either I was going to find Hope dead or she would die in my arms. And it scared me. When I think back about those days, I think about some of the fears. I think about the disappointment. Because I know for me, a lot of people say, were you angry? I wasn't angry. I just felt so disappointed. I had so looked forward to having a daughter who would grow old with me and be my friend in old age. And so I just began to let go of those dreams pretty quickly. 
Hope was with us for 199 days. And those days were filled certainly with sorrow, but the truth is there was so much joy in her life. Sweet little sister you got there. Yeah. There was a richness that came into our lives. You know, a life is not valued based on what a person can contribute or accomplish or the length or the quality of that life. Life made in the image of God is valuable. And Hope's life was valuable and meaningful and rich. But then finally came that night when we did wake up in the middle of the night and discovered that she was gone. Now, I'm one of those people, I'm a planner. And I remember thinking during the six months of Hope's life that probably grief for me wasn't going to be as hard as it is for other people because I'd gotten a head start on it somehow, that knowing she was going to die and processing some of that during her life meant that it wouldn't be necessarily as hard. But that just didn't turn out to be the case. You know, uh, there's a difference in knowing someone's going to die and having that person just gone and the quietness and the emptiness that sets in. Now, to have a child with this syndrome meant that my husband David and I must both be carriers of the recessive gene trait for that syndrome. So, after we had hope, that meant that we had a really difficult decision to make about whether or not to have more children. And we decided to take surgical steps to prevent another pregnancy. And evidently, it didn't work. And I discovered about a year and a half after Hope died that I was pregnant. And I remember driving up to my husband's office and walking into his office and we sat there with two very strong competing emotions. There was a part of us with kind of a cautious sense of joy. Like here's this thing we have ruled out that God has clearly overruled and perhaps he's going to give us another child to raise and enjoy that we so wanted but didn't expect. But at the same time, I felt this huge sense of fear. Like, maybe God is actually going to ask me to do this again. I remember just feeling like, at that point, the sun was just beginning to come out in my life again. <laughs> like, I... I didn't cry in the car when I drove across town by myself every time anymore. But I remember that day sensing that it was almost like there was gray clouds gathering in the distance and was wondering if they'd be headed my direction. I went through prenatal testing and discovered that in fact I was going to have a son this time and that he would also have the fatal syndrome. And if it makes sense to you, it was kind of the same but different this second time around. Uh, It was very different to go through that pregnancy, knowing that I was going to have a child who was going to die. Honestly, it was really awkward at times. (laughs) We would run into people who had known we'd had a child who died, and they would see that I was pregnant, and they'd be so excited. And I would stand there having to decide whether or not I was going to tell them. And oftentimes I did tell them, well, this child is going to die too. 
Our son Gabe was born in July 2001, and he was so beautiful <laughs> and so easy to love. And in many ways, it was so sweet in that with hope, we hadn't known before she was born, and we had to immediately reckon with this news that she was going to die and figure out how to care for her. And of course, with Gabe, when he was born, we were able to move immediately into just enjoying every day that God gave us with him. And we enjoyed 183 of them. <laughs> and then once again, we said goodbye. Gabe and Hope are buried in the same little grave plot outside of Nashville. And when I think about those two days when we put their bodies into the ground, I think those were the lowest days of my life. But the other vivid memory I have of those days is looking up and seeing friends there with me. You know, if you ever wonder if it matters to go to the funeral or to show up, we think, oh, there'll be such a crowd and they won't know that I was there or I wasn't there. And I just want to tell you, it matters. I remember. I think I realize now how much it means to have other people come in close. You know, I, I had no idea before our experiences with Hope and Gabe, how much it means for people to reach out with the smallest kindness in the midst of devastating sorrow. I'm not a great note writer. I never have been, but I'm better than I used to be, really because of the power simple written notes had in my life during these years and really continue to have. It didn't matter if the card was perfect or what the stationery looked like. It just mattered what was written on the page. That someone took the time to find my address and a stamp and write me a letter and let me know that they cared about us and that they had loved Hope and Gabe and that they were sad with us. This year, Hope would be 18. She would graduate from high school this year. And honestly, I think about that uh, gives me a deep gulp <laughs> so it's a very sweet thing to me that on birthdays and death days and so many other days I have people who send me a little email or drop me a little note or let me know in one way or another they say I remember and I'm so grateful for it